the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. Hello, friends. This is Richard Mendelow, host of Courageous Christianity. We're excited to bring you a special series of shows over the next couple weeks that track with my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will encourage you and draw you closer to Jesus. These shows originally aired during 2020 as separate half-hour shows, and now we're bringing them to you again in our new one-hour format. Please make note that some of the previous book offer details don't apply right now, but there's even something better. Right now, by going to kkht.com and clicking on the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image and registering your information, you will get a complimentary copy of my book so that you can study through the devotional along with the shows. Remember that these shows aired in 2020, so some of the days and dates aren't current, but you'll get the gist of it. If you have any questions, email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com, and my trusty wingman, Christy Stratton, will help you out. So stay with us today, and then make sure to join us during the next few weeks as we continue to guide you through my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. And thanks for listening. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. It's an amazing Saturday to talk about Courageous Christianity and the opportunity that we have in Jesus to shine a loving light on those around us. When I say Courageous Christianity, I'm talking not just about the preparations that we make in our personal relationship with God, but also stepping in to the dangerous ground where our faith meets the secular world, and we have an opportunity to teach, to love, to grow, and to speak the truth, God's truth. As always, I'm joined by my fantastic wingman, Christy Stratton. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Christy. I like like fantastic. Fantastic Fantastic is is good. good. (laughs) And did you notice everything has begun with an F? 
I, I did. Fabulous I'm like, last fabu- week. Where, when are you, are you going to run out? Of- I'm just amusing myself <laughs> over here. Uh, I'm excited to talk uh, today about our continuing devotional series in my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserve, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. I should make the additional disclaimer that I've had a lot of coffee this morning. So <laughs> it's Saturday. It's necessary. And it's fantastic. Your right. <laughs> Please, let's pray together, and then we'll have a wonderful show. Heavenly Father, how we glory in the opportunity assigned by you to each of us. What pride is ours to serve you. Help us, O Lord, to do it well. Help us to live up to our promise in every conflict, Father, Help us to glorify your name and to attract the attention of those who do not yet know you. May they see in us your grace, your mercy, and your kindness. And may all we do be pleasing unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So in the first week, we discussed devotional days one through seven, which focused on choosing Jesus in all things. Then we discussed devotional days eight through 14, which focused on change. And last week we reflected on the preparation of our hearts for our missions as Christians. Today we dig into days 22 through 28, and these days are about our actions as courageous Christians. Day 22 talks about controlling our behavior. Day 23, about the opportunity that we have to use our talents for God. Day 24 talks about the good that we can do. Day 25 tells the story of the Good Samaritan and the far-reaching effects that our good works may have. Day 26 talks about how our tactical actions can have strategic consequences. Day 27 is about the voice that we have to speak for God. And day 28, as always, is the Sabbath. And in addition to reflecting on the previous week, we talk about the fact that we must be righteous and take action according to God's Word. So... You heard me say that tactical actions have strategic consequences. I say that a lot, and I say it fast, and I always think that people understand it, but then I forget not everybody's a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what exactly does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it's a very big deal, folks. If you take one thing away from today's show, and I've heard it said that people really remember one thing, it is that your actions, your local Actions, driving to the store, the lady in the checkout line that you talked to, helping somebody on the side of the road, giving somebody some money, any of these local small actions have the potential to be huge in their consequences. We we hear the butterfly effect, that a butterfly flaps its wings in Japan, and we have a hurricane in the United States. It's similar, and I have an amazing example of that. I was shocked when it happened. I was in Afghanistan in the middle of nowhere. Uh, It's probably January or February of 2011. I'm a team leader. We're in a convoy, genuinely in the middle of nowhere, southern Helmand province, and we see this village that's flying the Taliban flag. So we surround the village with our vehicles. We coordinate, set up a security perimeter, And I go in to meet with the village elder. And a little while later, we're sitting there cross-legged on the carpet, drinking tea. 
and I ask him, hey, what's up with this uh, flag? And he responds by asking me, what's up with Abu Ghraib prison? So to give you some background, in 2003 at Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq, some U.S. soldiers mistreated some of their Muslim captives. They made them take off their clothes. They posed them in all types of degrading positions. And uh, it ended up in front of the news media. And uh, if you remember right, it, it made its way throughout the American effort in Iraq. Well, now, eight years later, 2011, there are no radios, there are no TVs, and in the middle of nowhere, in Afghanistan, a couple thousand miles away, this village elder says to me, what's up with Abu Ghraib prison? The tactical actions of those soldiers in Abu Ghraib prison, in their disgraceful behavior made my life eight years later in Afghanistan less safe and my opportunity to complete my mission less favorable. And so it is with our opportunity as Christians in the tactical actions of our days. They can be good influences or they can be bad influences. So I want to go back to the story and understand it a little bit more because I know you were there. Right. I wasn't. (laughs) Right. But... So what exactly happened in that moment? So I I heard you talk about at the beginning that we can do things for the person in the grocery store and the person on the side of the road. Those sounded like positive actions. And in this story, it sounded like maybe it was a a bad, grossly negative. Yeah. So what what exactly, what, what implications did that have? Okay. That's a great question. So counterinsurgency is about leading people to a decision. You've described it, uh, as, Setting the example. Yeah. Um, I've described it as inviting people to dinner with God. Either way, you're asking people to make a decision based on what you model for them. Mm. So that village elder has a Taliban flag flying over his compound because in making the decision between the future of Afghanistan as led by the United States in our partnering efforts and... Dealing with the Taliban, he chose the Taliban. So would they have had an American flag as... No, he would have had no flag. No flag. Now, sometimes these flags meant nothing. So he was making a statement. So, yeah. The the point is, uh, let me me put it this way. Okay. Okay. The story of the Good Samaritan. Mm. You've heard the story of the Good Samaritan. Right. And to me, this is an amazing story. Um, A guy is beaten up by robbers and left for dead on the side of the highway. Right. And uh, a rabbi walks by and the rabbi crosses to the other side of the road. He doesn't stop to help the guy. And he says, if I stop, what will happen to me? He goes on. Then a religious scholar comes by. He crosses to the other side of the road. He says, if I stop, what will happen to me? Now, here comes a Samaritan. A Samaritan, if you remember right, was a half breed. Mm hmm. Half, uh, I believe it's a Syrian, half Jewish intermarriage occurred, and they were hated by everybody, mm-hmm. just like the woman at the well who was a Samaritan. Here comes the Samaritan, and he stops. He doesn't cross to the other side of the road. He stops to take care of the man, and he says, if I don't stop, what will happen to him? Mm. 
And so in so many of our actions as Christians, where we have the choice to cross to the other side of the road or wearing the full armor of God to confront a situation, to provide comfort, to provide learning, to provide love, to stand firm in our faith, we can reflect on the Good Samaritan and his tactical actions Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So the good that we can do is influenced or undermined by what people see done in the name of Jesus. So oftentimes you meet somebody who says, I want nothing to do with this Jesus character because I've met some Christians who behaved so badly. Right. And it's heartbreaking. So our tactical actions can have strategic consequences. I get up every morning at five. I'm sitting in my recliner, which is in the breakfast room. I read my Bible. I, I pray and I really try to get myself sorted out. And a couple of years ago, uh, my son comes in before school. He was still in high school at the same time. And he's like, hey, dad, let's watch cops before school. So we watch cops. And I talk about this in my devotional. It's day 24. It's one of my favorite uh, days because of the way it came to me. And we're watching this uh, cops episode. And I was just amazed at how these police officers could deal with these difficult uh, human circumstances, a drunk guy, a an abusive guy. Yeah. And they did it with such humanity and kindness. I was just awed at these uh, men and women of the police force. And so my son goes off to school and I go back to my praying in my quiet time. And I said, Lord, how can you look down on all of this? Uh, the pain, the hurt, the drunkenness, just the, the sheer reality of it all. Right. How can you look down on this and not just feel so amazingly sad? And he said to me in plain English, for everyone, I have a purpose. Okay. And I've often reflected on that because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it too well. I think that's Psalm 46. So we are made specially, each for different things on this giant battlefield. So you're made to comfort and guide people going through divorce. And that's a place that your heart goes to. Yep. I'm made to, to do this. I'm right. not necessarily a guy who does certain other things well, but, but this is my thing. And so God says for everyone, I have a purpose. The point of how that relates to tactical actions have strategic consequences is you have to focus on your purpose in God's kingdom and doing that well, not let the Taliban take it from you, not let circumstances take it away from you. That's your opportunity. It's what you're meant to do. So even when bad things happen, like the eight years later, you're still suffering those consequences of those bad actions when you're trying to to it's create a big deal. peace. It's right. a big deal. It's a, it's a very big deal. And my heart breaks sometimes when I meet somebody and I'm talking to them about Jesus. And you know me, what comes to me always first and foremost is the love of Jesus for his lost children. And so um, what's amazing to me is the opportunity that we have and how that opportunity is forfeited sometimes with religiosity and the hypocrisy of some religiosity. So in the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the two religious experts two religious professionals cross over to the other side of the road. And it's just a regular dude who says, what will happen to him if I don't stop? And you know, what's interesting that I hear in that, and this might take you off in a different direction, but the first two people were talking about themselves. The good Samaritan turned and was thinking about the person. 
right not themselves it wasn't it was that giving nature and so I, I just okay. I'm kind of coming back to again I'm still I love the story that you were telling about being over there the Taliban the guys that acted in uh, eight years ago that was about them and what they did they weren't thinking about the you know how they were going to come across yeah it's like, it, it takes a certain level of arrogance and this is weird when I've said this to people I've sometimes said it to young officers I've said it, it takes a certain level of ar- arrogance to be a leader and they always look at me like, what? And I'll say, well, when I walk into a room, I'm a colonel. And so I wear eagles on my collar. And I might just feel like the same little guy I've always been because I look out the same eyes I've always looked out. But I'm wearing those shoes and that uniform with right. that insignia. And so I have the opportunity to step forward and choose your actions. Choose your actions and fill those shoes. Right. Be what people need you to be. Right. Be intentional. Be intentional. And it doesn't necessarily, I don't, I don't feel that full of myself, but as Christians, we are loved by God and we're chosen right. and we're given understanding from whom much uh, is given, much is expected and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. It reminds me of... Um, in high school, my son was getting ready to graduate, and I went into his room and I said, do you have a plan after graduation? And he didn't want to tell me. So later on, I asked, and his plan was he wanted to join the Air Force, but he just didn't want to tell me because uh, I'm a Marine. So I went to the Air Force. <laughs> That's kind of, kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> well, it's all good. I went to the Air Force recruiter to get some of, you know, the hats and the, the stuff, the swag. Right. And when I went into the door, I'm in my uniform, I'm a colonel, and there are these young kids sitting against the wall. And here they see this old dude coming up, and all the recruiters are standing up and standing at attention. And I had this weird experience where it's like, I can be this little guy who just walks into the room and asks for a ball cap, an Air Force ball cap, and walks out, or I can fill these shoes. Right. And so you would have thought I was Napoleon. And I talked to each kid, and I and I walked down the line, and, hey, buddy, what are you doing, and, and what are your plans, and, oh, that's great, and so on and so forth. Did I feel like that guy? No. Well. Well, I mean, you might have, but I knowing well, you. <laughs> right. Right. But guess what? That's who they needed me to be. Right. That's who those recruiters needed me to be. That's why God chose me. That's my purpose. And so... Fill the shoes. So interestingly, I don't hear respect. I hear I hear reverence to God to show up intentionally with our choices for him. And that's that's the strategic action. For everyone, I have a purpose. And now yeah. in the execution of that purpose, whatever it is, however small it is. Right. We've said before, the world wants you to think you have to be the quarterback of the team to right. make a contribution. But the truth of the matter is just be the on the things. field. Beyond the field, the li- everything counts. Just I think we've said everything matters. Everything matters. And so in the opportunity that we have as Christians, which on any given day might be little, it might be not getting mad when everybody else in the line at the checkout gets mad. It, it might be not... Uh, cutting in line in traffic, you know, the guy who goes all the way to the end, even though everybody knew you had to merge a while back. People are watching. They see thousands of miles away, years later, Right. you don't know the ripples that your actions have. 
And so tactical actions have strategic consequences. Who and what you are matter. Doing it with the right heart matters. And that's what you would call righteous action, right? That's the main point. It's the courage to have righteous action. And it's the courage to be humble and to be submitted and to know that it's God's rules and not your rules. And to know that sometimes it's about the good that you can do and make the good that you can do more important than maybe I don't feel like all of that. Right. It matters. It matters. And that's the truth. And the truth is that just as good actions send ripples throughout the universe, so bad actions do and create far-reaching damage. Uh, This brings us to the moment of truth. And as we know, in every episode, we have a moment of truth, which takes scripture from the Bible and applies it to our current discussion. We do this not only to show the relevance and the perfection and the timeliness of God's word, but also to remind ourselves that in every conversation, his word is first and his word is last. And the moment of truth today, it's it's a bit of a hard one because it comes from Romans chapter two, verse 24. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This cannot be us. We cannot bring discredit to God. Mm. I know it's hard, and I know the world is provocative. Um, I had a bad morning a couple mornings ago because I woke up and I glanced at my phone. I I didn't have my flak jacket on. I didn't have have my helmet on. And I saw several things on Facebook, which just upset me instantly. And they mostly focused on political depravity and greed and dishonesty. And I'll tell you, that's a hot button for me. Because when people in leadership don't do their jobs, I think about the people that are counting on them and it drives me bananas. And I thought to myself, these people dishonor the things of which they are not worthy. They destroy things they could not build. And all the while, they're killing the hope of the people they represent. Mm. And Leo Tolstoy described it when he said, I sit on a man's back, choking him and making him carry me, and yet assure myself and others that I am very sorry for him and wish to ease his lot by all means possible, except by getting off his back. So if I know a Leo Tolstoy quote about this situation, you know it's my thing. But the key takeaway is not that these people are these people, because they're going to be these people. I always say, don't be mad at a zebra because it has stripes. It's a zebra. The key takeaway from this story is that if we respond to them with hate and discontentment, they not only steal the future from those they supposedly represent, they also steal it from each of us and those we have been sent to lift up. To give them that would make even less sense than their nonsensical clamoring makes by itself. And the damage that their tactical actions do will be increased or mitigated by us. Not just in our lives, but also in the lives of those less able to sustain that damage. They need people whose attentions they manipulate. They strive for their support from a a distance, from Facebook, from the news media, and other indirect communications. Well, we need the same people. The difference is that we have immediate access to them. You and I each have face-to-face contact with them every day. We must be kind. We must let our actions speak for us. We must walk in faith. And if asked, we must be able to give an account of Jesus in our lives because our testimony is more powerful than their distant manipulations. We can deny them the people they seek when we are courageous in our faith face to face with the same people. If, on the other hand, our words are loud and destructive, then we lose. We will sound no different than those who seek the fruits of our labor and the truth of our hearts, which is Jesus Christ. They are a painful distraction, and we cannot focus on them, lest we forfeit our purpose. And we have work to do. 
That brings us to the quote of the day. Uh, and I don't know who exactly said this. I couldn't find anything definitive about it, and I always adjust it anyway, so it's no big deal. If you wrestle with pigs, you both get muddy, and they like it. And then I always add that people passing by will see two people covered up in mud, and they will not know who the bad guys are or who the good guys are. We can't allow this. We can't allow God's name to be blasphemed because of us. As Christians, we must present in person, by deed and by word, a distinct, joyful, and peaceful alternative to the world. People need God's truth and the hope that it brings. People need grace. People need positive role models. People need love. The truth of God's grace and love through each of us will change their hearts. They don't need conflict and degradation because life offers plenty of that. They need our help. You can tell what's important to God by what the world attacks. And because we love God, these attacks are painful. And I get it. But we cannot let these people shape us, cause us to act badly, and bring discredit upon Jesus. We belong to God. He means for us to be a holy nation of priests, and he has said, do not give to dogs what is holy. This is a battle. Each day fought over the good that you can do. Tactical actions have strategic consequences. If the world wants you to be in your head, angry, judgmental, and confused, refuse. Do what God wants. Come from a heart guided by Scripture and the constant vision of your mission, which is to help those who are struggling. We must prepare ourselves in the humility of his grace for this anticipated conflict. To wrap up, grace is defined as an undeserved gift. Our salvation, our faith in Jesus, and our ability to shine God's loving light into the darkness is not of our own making. It is by God's grace given to us while we were yet sinners. In the noise of this world, we cannot forget that it is given to us so that we can give it away each and every day. When we encounter something troubling or challenging, we must remember and say out loud, Thank you, Jesus. There but for the grace of God go I. Friends, our faith is about righteous action. We cannot obtain something holy in an unholy way. We cannot react to the world. And should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear Hello everyone, this is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. Eight zero zero four nine four zero, and for a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, "Right Makes Might: Forty Days to Courageous Christianity." You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. today. So, text to donate to two eight one eight hundred forty nine forty, or go to courageouschristianity.today. today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Here's this week's So What Are We Reading? We believe that a part of what helps us in our walk as courageous Christians is reading. And so we're taking a moment during each show to share what we are reading 
and how it's helping us in the hope that it will help you. First and foremost, we are always reading the Bible and we truly encourage you to always start there. And next, we hope you'll be reading with us Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. And yes, it's by the host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mindelow. And now you can get your complimentary copy. Thank you to KKHT for featuring Richard's book on KKHT.com with a book giveaway. Want to read along with us? Get your complimentary book by going to KKHT.com. Look for and click the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image on the homepage. Enter some easy info and KKHT will take care of the rest. The book is a 40-day devotional for those who seek to become Christian warriors. It's about heart, faith, courage, and truth. Richard brings his experience as a colonel in the Marines and as a Jew who believes in Christ to the readings. You'll hear Richard's courageous love of Jesus in every word. At the end of the 40 days, with God's help, you will have experienced a transformation. You will have learned how to speak about your faith more, how to pray more, and how with God's help to stand your ground more firmly, all while leading people to a decision about their eternal souls. You will be a Christian warrior and a guardian of the faith. So make sure to get your complimentary copy by going to kkht.com. Look for and click the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image on the homepage. Enter your info and KKHT will get you your copy. We want to hear your thoughts about the devotional, so please let us know at our Facebook or Instagram pages by searching Courageous Christianity. And to learn more about our ministry efforts, go to CourageousChristianity.today. And as always, if you want to reach us, you can email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Our beloved A.W. Tozer says, the things you read will fashion you, slowly conditioning your mind. We pray that in this next week, you will be reading the things that will condition your mind as a courageous Christian warrior. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Hi, folks. It's Richard again. We're so happy to be bringing you this special series of shows during the next couple of weeks that track with my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. As I mentioned earlier in the show, these episodes originally aired during 2020 as separate half-hour shows, and now we're bringing them to you again in our new one-hour format. Please make note that some of the previous book offer details don't apply right now, but there's something even better. Right now, by going to kkht.com and clicking on the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image and registering your information, you'll get a complimentary copy of my book so that you can study through the devotional along with the shows. Remember that these shows originally aired in 2020, so some of the days and dates aren't current, but you'll get the gist. If you have any questions, email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com, and my trusty wingman, Christy Stratton, will help you out. Thanks for staying with us today, and make sure to join us during the next few weeks as we continue to guide you through my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. We're glad you're listening. And 
friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my encouraging wingman. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Friends, I won't mince words today. We're going to cover dangerous ground. I'm pretty spun up myself, uh, just looking at things around us, distractions, lies, deceptions, frustrations, and I'm coming to you today with a just a heart struggling to find the truth that we have to walk out every day and uh, probably in preparing for the show where I've spent the last couple of days thinking about the dangerous ground we walk. Before we get into that, I have to remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserve, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. And then I have to submit myself to a loving God in prayer and ask him to make sure that the things we say here fall on listening ears with encouragement and in the truth of his words. So please, if you bow your heads, unless you're driving, and pray with us. Heavenly Father, we understand that though you made this world, when you came to this world, it did not receive you. Lord, we know this world is evil, but we also know that we have been created for such a time as this and that in you we have everything we need to be victors on this battlefield. In you, Father, we have the opportunity to shine a bright light into the darkness. Help us to overcome. Help us to stand firm behind the shield of faith and to wield the sword of truth with compassion and integrity. Help us, Lord, to endure criticism and ridicule, but not to be conformed to that which does not know you. We pray for understanding, for ears that hear, and for eyes that see. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Friends, we've been doing our 40-day devotional series in my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. In the first week, we talked about choosing Jesus in all things. In the second week, we talked about change and taking action on that choice to create righteous change. The week prior, we talked about preparing our hearts. And last week, we talked about our actions as courageous Christians. This week... We're going to talk about days 29 through 35, and we're going to attack dangerous ground. Those days cover many observations about the battlefield, and it's because in combat, an accurate understanding of the battlefield is critical to success, and it's no less so as Christian warriors. Day 29 looks at the opportunity and the obligation that we have to educate those in darkness, Day 30 talks about offensive and defensive operations and the care we must take in battlefield security. Day 31 looks at some of the ugly realities of the current situation. Day 32 speaks to our individual role in calming the storms of life. Day 33 asks, which wolf will we feed, the good one or the bad one? Day 34 speaks about living by faith in the opportunity of the present And day 35, the Sabbath, reviews the themes of the week and reminds us, and this is so important, please hear this, our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the powers of evil in this dark world. It's not about people. It's not about being angry at people. This battlefield is about the good that we can do against the powers of evil, and we see those people as our opportunity. In a slight change, I want to begin today's show with the moment of truth. 
We normally wait till the end. But in every episode, we have a moment of truth which takes Scripture from the Bible and applies it to our current discussion. And we do this to show the relevance, the timeliness, and the perfection of God's Word and to remind ourselves what is real in a world of deceptions. And I'm starting the show today because we want to speak truth in all things. Everybody's got a perspective. Everybody's got an opinion. But there's only one truth, and it belongs to God. And in Hebrews 4... 12, he says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's interesting to me that the word sword has the word word in it. Also interesting is that a double-edged sword cuts both ways. Those who wield the sword of truth in speech, but do not strive to live it, will endure the same cuts as those who reject it outright. We cannot be hypocrites. As courageous Christians, those who teach, those who demonstrate, there is no hiding from the sword of God's truth for anyone. So, Christy, tell us how we can order the book, please, to make sure that everybody who wants to join us in the study can do so. I certainly will and happy to do that because there's still time to get involved. I want to go back to that word very, that just hits me that the word, the word, word (laughs) is in sword. And that's what we're studying in the, in this book, uh, 40 days to courageous Christianity, right? Makes my 40 days to courageous Christianity. And that's what we're doing in this series as well. And there's still time to come along and read this word, um, these these words and inspired by the word by Richard in his book and how you get that is to um, very easy very simply send an email to courageous Christianity at gmail.com we still have books available we've made uh, up to 500 books available donating them including shipping so if you still you know, want to get involved with us, you certainly can. Also, um, make sure that you go to our Facebook page, Right Makes Might, uh, on Facebook. And we are sharing scriptures and encouragement every day, little excerpts from the book and so forth, to keep uh, us together as a family on this journey, studying the word and walking out our faith as courageous Christian, uh, courageous Christians. So whatever um, I have is catching. Apparently. Yeah, it is. Well, I wolf on any day is hard for me to say. I'm so <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, please join us in that. Uh, we're excited about it and it's relevant because so much of what we're seeing is so difficult. You leave your house Even in your house, you're just confronted with lies and deceptions. And uh, if you get one thing from this, I want to repeat that this conflict between good and evil is about the devil's insurgency, his attempt to overthrow God, which plays itself out in secular conflict. And so the lives we live from day to day are impacted by this spiritual battle. And you know, they say you can study your Bible all day and you can memorize all the scriptures you want, but you still have to contend with the world. There's a saying that says, don't be so heavenly that you're of no earthly good. 
And our work here is done on Earth. It's done in the craters of the battlefield that we talked about last week. Uh, I'm reminded of a time just before my team and I left for Afghanistan. It was uh, probably late September 2010. I was over at a friend's house for dinner, and his wife, uh, a military wife who knew all the other wives, and they all have the wives network and they sometimes know way more about things than we know at dinner uh she was talking all about how many guys were getting hurt in afghanistan and how bad the situation was and i was just sitting there uh really strained by it and the next day i went to work and we were doing some training and i was looking at my team and i was thinking that they had an air of stress about them we were set to leave in about a uh, two weeks i think and i gathered them all together and i said Fellas, this is difficult. Advising is difficult. Counterinsurgency is complicated. In some instances, you're living in and amongst the enemy and working with them. And so I just want to remind you of one thing, and that is brilliance in the basics. Just do the basic stuff well. Uh, Your hard skills are to shoot, move, and communicate. Do that well, and your soft skills are to negotiate, understand the culture, and to treat everybody with respect. And so it's in that same spirit where I look around and I feel that we're struggling in many different ways to put a good foot forward. And what I would say to everybody is brilliance in the basics. And Daniel chapter 3 comes to mind, verses 17 through 20, when, uh, and these guys, you got to love their names, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, I picked a great day to talk about them. As so, though, so yeah, not easy to say. As though I wasn't those tongue Bible, twisted enough those today. Bible names, right? But uh, <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar puts out uh, an edict that says, everybody will worship the gods of King Nebuchadnezzar. And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, at the place where their faith, which says, thou shalt have no other God before me, meets the world in which they lived, which was saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the harp, flute, zither, lyre, harp, uh, horn, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. I don't know what a zither is, but apparently if you hear it, you have to worship <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, watch out for those zithers out there. <laughs> and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. They refused to bend one bit. The first mm-hmm. commandment says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. As a result, they were thrown into the fire. And observing the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar thought he saw four people there, and that's because one of them was Jesus, who was with the three to protect them. After uh, no damage was done to them and they were brought out from the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against their God shall be cut into pieces, for no other God can save this way. So they refused to step away from conflict, to glorify their God, and a nation of pagans was caused to honor 
our God. This is the challenge that we have in all things. Brilliance in the basics. Turn to Jesus. You know what? I love that. Sorry to cut in on you, but that is actually that story, that chapter is what started off my time heading into COVID with all the fear and all the conflict and everything that was out there. And that staying true, what coming out of the flames and the fire. And as Nebuchadnezzar says, there, he he is the only God. I can't remember what it's I just wrote. It's amazing. In my journal, the whole nation yeah. of pagans is turned. Right. Yeah, and that that's been my focus of that Jesus was in the flames with them. And it's interesting you bring that up because that has carried me through this crisis of COVID. Absolutely, I think that's a great point. And when we think about these little conflicts on the battlefield, they are ever present everywhere we run into them every day. For example. Whatever God says, the world says the opposite. Psalm 46, God says, be still and know that I am God. The world says, be busy, build up stores for yourself on earth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, God says, be in the moment. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And the world says, be fearful, be anxious, be regretful, feel guilty. These are emotions which use the future against us and the past against us, kind of like you were saying with the COVID and the fear of the upcoming. But as Christians, the more dangerous the battlefield, the more we must be focused on brilliance in the basics. Absolutely. And when we don't, we also miss the beauty we of absolutely the every moment. Do. God says, serve others in humility. The world says, focus on yourself and your feelings. God says, focus on heaven. And the world says, focus on the temporary. God says that he comes to unify in truth. The world wants division and lies. God says an athlete does not receive a crown unless he competes according to the rules. The world says everyone gets a trophy. God says focus on him for your needs, and the world says focus on governments for your needs. And so that brings us to a, a, a good place because I think right now there's a lot of political context to everything that's going on. And as we know, insurgency is an attempt to overthrow the established regime, and politics is about the distribution of power. So in this dangerous ground that we walk on every day, there seems to often be a political component. But as we said to start, our battle is not against the flesh and blood. So... The brilliance in the basics of our lives as Christians is to declutter the windshield with all of these competing messages, which identify themselves because they go counter to what God says, and to focus on him in the distance. I know it's hard. I mean, I'm struggling with it today. Yeah, I think everyone struggles with it. You think of, you've talked about craters before. You think about, we've talked about divorce and um, oftentimes we get caught up in all the conflict and, you know, we have the news on and we have this. And when we can turn, I, I love that you're saying brilliance and the basics. We get back to the basics and putting him, God first, God, him first in everything. We clear the windshield like you're talking. We can see better. We can walk a better path. And it's hard. It is hard. And... Uh, Some of the difficulty of it involves the constant criticism that I think our faith subjects us to. And to that, I want to 
speak with our quote of the day. We're going to have two for the price of one today, and you're going to laugh. The oh, first quote. Look at that. We, we got a deal. It's a bonus. <laughs> a deal here the on first, Courageous Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Free books and two quotes uh, for the day. <laughs> the first quote's from Hawaii Five-O, the original series, which I was watching with my son recently, and Mike, the producer, is looking at me because he's excited to see what's going to come <laughs> out of my mouth. And Mike, he'll be happy to note that my effort to school my son in the classics is ongoing. In this particular episode, the original Steve McGarrett, Jack Lord, who we all love, was quoting his father when he said, the way to avoid criticism is to say nothing, to do nothing, and to be nobody. Mm. And when I heard him say that, I thought, oh my gosh, isn't that appropriate? Our second quote is from George Orwell, who said famously, Mm. the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. And I think we can all agree that our society has drifted about as far from the truth as you can get without falling off the edge of the planet. So my point in sharing these two quotes is that we're trying to speak truth to a world which prefers lies. Don't expect applause. When we give voice to God's truth with actions and words as it's written in the Bible, we will meet with criticism. Don't be alarmed because, as I like to say, the flack is always thickest over the target. So the nerve that we strike in speaking God's truth will cause some to seek him and others to reject him again, whatever the case, they will see and hear the truth. Clears the windshield. It clears the windshield (laughs) and it simplifies our lives and it makes our mission much easier as we focus on the brilliance in the basics. So if it's scriptural, if it's in love, if it glorifies God, then embrace it. If those things don't take place, step away from it. It's Mm -hmm. useless conflict. you got to pick and choose your battles. And that's our job as courageous Christians. And in each of these intersections of faith and the world, we who call ourselves the children of God have the opportunity, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to stand firm in our faith and glorify our Father in heaven. These things may seem little, but they are not. A 14th century proverb says, Mighty oaks from little acorns grow. Many of you know that I think about the Holocaust a lot. If you, like me, wonder how such a thing could happen, it started with little acorns. It didn't happen overnight. Germany was drained of its humanity little by little in the same way the U.S. is being drained of its spiritual virtue. One day at a time, in the little intersections of faith and the world, we fail to stand firm. I'm not saying you should down every hill, but... If you focus on everything, you focus on nothing. So we have to keep our focus. I am saying that in matters which show our God to the world, which glorify his name by the courage and faith of his children, we must stand firm. We are heavenly creatures who live in the world. It is hard, but it becomes simpler by faith when we say, I will do what glorifies God, and I will not do what glorifies the world at his expense. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we can influence the world's pagans, not with anger and argument, but with quiet devotion to the word and the truth of our loving God in heaven. I have 10 things that I've noted, which will simplify that. We'll call these the brilliance in the basics. Number one, thank God in every situation. I've heard it said, what if you have only tomorrow what you thanked God for today? Number two, Be still and in the moment. In that gratitude and in that stillness, read your Bible, number three. Number four, 
Focus on today and don't be anxious or regretful. Number five, concentrate on righteous actions. Number six, serve in humility. Number seven, give in gratitude. Number eight, you're going to laugh about this. Stop swearing. Yes. Avoid the selfish, (laughs) avoid the vulgar, avoid the worldly. And if swearing is the thing that reminds you to do that, stop it. Number nine, in every situation, ask what will glorify God. And number 10, if you start to feel angry, think about what God has done for you and tell others about it. Mm, If you start to feel angry, I totally get it. I bet some of you might feel overwhelmed in bringing your faith to the world. And in some cases, I think it's because possibly like me, you feel like you're responsible for the teaching and the impact of that teaching in the learning that takes place. You feel responsible for the lesson and the impact of that lesson. We aren't, and we don't. We just show Jesus to the world, and he handles the impact that has on people. A new saying that I just thought of yesterday, which I'm going to think about a lot, is seek God, not his job. I don't want God's job. I'm not capable. I love that. I just want us to each focus on the fact that the system works, the system is Jesus, the system is love, and if we do righteous things one day at a time, then he will handle bending the universe toward good regardless of how messy it seems. Would we not have expected all the uh, members of my team to know that I was going to take care of things for them? We certainly would. Brilliance in the basics. Brilliance in the basics. I think another reason why people struggle, and I bet this applies to some of you, is that we search for security in this world. On the battlefield, there are things we can do to protect ourselves, but it is, after all, a battlefield, and security is difficult unless you trust in Jesus. And again, if anything happens, whatever happens, if all you do is say Jesus... Not like my father did when he was working on the car in the garage, but in a way that shows your heart to the world. I think it will help. Friends, this is a world dangerous, unkind to some. It's a difficult place for spiritual beings. To live a good life which glorifies God requires faith and courage. In your courageous Christianity brought to bear in the little intersections of your days, you have the opportunity to glorify him and to cause people to look up to him. By your example, many who don't know God will find him, and by their testimony, many more still. I'm so glad you joined Christy and me today. It's a blessing to speak to you and share your time as you go about lives filled with such promise. I'm Richard Mendelow, and you've been listening to Courageous Christianity. God bless and semper fi. Yeah, Rosa!